I'm Katie. And I'm Kay. And you're listening to the Babes of Quinny podcast. New year, new oral health goals. Start 2024 with a smile you'll love, courtesy of Family Dental Center. Prioritize your oral health. Brush and floss twice daily to maintain healthy teeth and gums. Remember your hygiene visits. Schedule your 2024 appointments at FDC today. For healthy, happy smiles in 2024, visit FamilyDentalCenter.com and drop by their Belleville, Frankfurt, or Coburg offices. What's up? Nothing. I'm exhausted. Uh, We had a really good chat yesterday. We had such a good chat yesterday. Like, it honestly, like, restored my faith in, like, just, like, life. Yeah, right? (laughs) So it was um, Dr. Moss of Moss Psychology Mm -hmm. with two other therapists, Reagan and Emily. Yes. Um, And we just talked about therapy and mental wellness and ending the stigma around mental illness. Yeah, it was just like it, it. we don't like dive into our feels or anything, but like we dive into what it's like to go to therapy. And yeah. the thing, what you can expect if that's something that's bringing you anxiety like me. <laughs> yeah, because I, I do think it's a big thing. Like I have friends who want to go to therapy, but it's quite overwhelming trying to find a therapist. Yeah, and we also talk about the differences between Therapists, the therapists and counselors and, and psychologists, psychologists, yeah. psychologists, psychiatrists, all of them. There's so many psychotherapists. There's so many different, and it's good to know the difference. Oh yes, for sure. Mm-hmm. But um, they'll explain it. They'll explain it. So without further ado, please enjoy. You know that we are big supporters of therapy and therapists on this podcast. So we are excited to have three of them in the studio today. Moss Psychology offers psychological counseling and psychotherapy services for children, adults, and seniors, including assessments and therapy for individuals, children, families, and couples. Dr. Andrew Moss is the clinical director. He trained as a clinical psychologist in the UK. He has curated a knowledgeable and compassionate team. Emily Lopez-Chef is a bilingual therapist offering services in both English and French. She has a master's in social work from the University of Ottawa. Regan Viette is a registered psychotherapist. She completed her master's of arts in counseling psychology at York University. Babes of Quinny, buckle up for us to continue to destroy the stigma around mental health and therapy (laughs) with Andrew, Emily, and Regan. Yorkville University. Damn it! Uh, <laughs> we tried. I was close. It was super close. Do you know it's because I did my master's at York, so I just read York, and I was like, okay, I know. <laughs> That's it. My brain filled in the rest. <laughs> just That's okay. what you didn't want to Giving you a new degree. Yeah, yeah, and I have two. Where's Yorkville? Is it in Yorkville? It's in, it's in New Brunswick. Oh, that well, must make sense. <laughs> <laughs> great. I really messed that one up. Love it. Was everything else okay? Yeah. Great. Cool. Um, when we have this many people in the studio, we do like a introduce yourself. Mm-hmm. So if you want to introduce yourself, tell us your favorite potato chip and maybe a bit of your therapist background. Yeah. Andrew? Okay. Um, so my favorite pa- potato chip is a, it's a British chip called Monster Munch and if you do go down to the British shop in Belleville you will get them okay and I am obsessed with them what is it like they're like a um puffed corn very I don't know they take over your whole mouth okay and I quite like that I'm thing. gonna go get them <laughs> <laughs> I think we need this like a Cheeto but not a Cheeto kind of yeah but like a, a, a chip shape but a Cheeto it's like, it's like shaped as um as like a claw 
and then it's got a hole oh, in Oh, I the know what these are. And they've got a hole in the middle. And as kids, we would put our fingers through the claws and we'd mm-hmm. have like them on all fingers and we'd just chomp on them. Yeah, okay, well, I, I know, know what these are. <laughs> yeah, we're getting those. I was going to bring some, but I just didn't have time. So <sighs> you brought time. us other gifts, so that's <laughs> fine. <laughs> Emily? Oh, wait. What's your therapist background? So, so much. Uh, where, where do you want me to start? Childhood. No. <laughs> it always goes back to the mother. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I did my undergraduate at a university called Keele in um, the UK. Um, I just knew that I just loved psychology from that moment on. Um, so basically, ever since then, I kind of worked with people with head injuries, people with intellectual disabilities. I was a carer absolutely love that job and I I really I I feel really fortunate for being able to start there because it's given me some really lovely insight I think Um, and I still love working with people with intellectual disabilities Um, don't get to do it as much now but um, uh, I yeah and then just from then just did my doctorate um, loved everything about it Um, I wish I could do everything that you kind of train to do but obviously time is of the essence and you can't do everything but uh yeah i i really enjoy doing what we're doing as a as a group um and i think we uh, yeah we we all rub along quite nicely don't we i think so <laughs> well, that's nice when did moss psychology officially start officially started when i got my license to practice in canada um so that was 2010 um so, no was that when was it? I think. <laughs> I don't know. How long have I been doing? Yeah, it was. It was 2010. Yeah. I'm, I'm so old now because I'm like nearly 50. And I'm thinking, I'm not that old. You're not. I still feel, I I still feel like a 17-year-old. Same. As far as I'm concerned, we're all still 17. So We all have inner Facts. child yeah. in us. Where does the time go? People are like, you're 28. I'm like, no. I If I get pregnant right now, it's a teen pregnancy, so I'm done. Like, no, no. Um, Emily? I am not a big fan of potato chips. Get out. <laughs> Joking. What, what snacks do you like? Popcorn. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, we count a, it, yeah. Okay. If that, we count popcorn. Are we flavoring the popcorn? No. It has just to like butter? Just stovetop with butter. Oh, okay. Yes. It, it, the stovetop is the best way to cook it. It is, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I'm a popcorn connoisseur. Okay. I worked at the movie theater. <laughs> Uh, we experimented with the oil salt levels mm-hmm. often. So how do they get that? I can't repeat that taste at home. <laughs> because it's a, it's, a, it's a specific oil. Okay. Oh. And there's a specific popcorn salt. I've been trying oh. and I haven't yeah, okay, figured so the, it the out. The salt is actually yellow. Okay, mm. that's how it gets that And it's like color. really, really powdery. Yeah. And... We tried to do like you know like the cinnamon challenge where you like <gasps> yeah you can't do that with popcorn salt either you will throw up. Have and you ever tried the butter oil from the Kingston Olive Oil Company? Oh. No, it's olive oh. oil that tastes like butter and it's good. I get like a coconut oil online that is oh butter flavored. It's orange, so I, it, I think it's got butter flavor. So okay, so what you're gonna do is you're gonna go to the bulk bar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're gonna get popcorn salt and you're gonna go to the Kingston Olive Oil Company in Picton. Okay, they have a store just like downtown yeah. Picton, and you get. The butter flavored olive oil, and we're mixing that. And you're gonna just mix those together, and okay. your life will never be the same. I didn't know they had popcorn salt at Bulk Barn. Yeah, I mean, I'm just assuming they do. <laughs> She's lying to you. I love so that. So it's not just 
just salt. <laughs> no, it's no, different. it's not just salt. It's popcorn salt, and it's like bright yellow. Okay, right, yellow mm. popcorn salt. Okay, and like Good powder, like cinnamon. Powder cinnamon. It well, no, no, it no, looks no. Like okay, okay. I'm not cinnamon. putting cinnamon in popcorn. No, 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 no. Okay, no. It's like the the popcorn salt is powdery. Oh, like, okay, cinnamon. it's, like, the it's really really fine. Yeah. Okay. And what's your therapist background? I have a background with the military a lot. I'm oh. a military child. So once I was done my studies, I came back to Trenton and then started at the MFRC, which is where I eventually went to then the base clinic, working with the members themselves. And then I moved with Moss a couple, a, a year ago, a half, a year and a year half. half. Yeah. A year and a half. Yes. Oh, wow. I've You're been fresh. Yes. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> Great, Regan. Um, so my favorite chip is not as exciting as either of yours. It's just still pickle. <laughs> no, that's exciting. <laughs> Do you have like a brand? Uh, oh, um, probably just like Lay's. I like like yeah, and they're just, classic. See, I yeah. constantly cal- uh, call out Tim from uh, Tweed and Co because his favorite chip is lightly salted Lay's. So as long as that's not your favorite chip, you're spicy in my books. <laughs> Sorry, Tim. Love you. <laughs> um, and what's your therapy background? Um, so I have actually... Didn't go to York. I didn't go to York. <laughs> I went to Yorkville. Um, and I did my undergrad at the University of Ottawa. Uh, and then I worked at the Kingston Sexual Assault Center for my placement. And then I have been with Moss Psychology for... I'm in my third year now. Wow. When did Moss Psychology move to where it is now? <laughs> um, we've been here about six or seven years now in our new building okay yeah. am i allowed to talk about you being my therapist you is can, it up to you, me yeah it's completely up to you dr <laughs> moss was my therapist when i was 17 slid in there and then i circled back again now so and i'm loving it would recommend um one of my favorite stories is though kid you're gay can i yeah. say that yeah um so when i've seen him i knew he was gay i was in grade 12 and i was like think I might be a little gay but I don't know how I know and I would I was like maybe I just need to ask Dr. Moss how I know I never did but surprise Surprise. (laughs) we got there eventually (laughs) um can you explain the difference between the different qualifications of therapists because I find when you're looking for a therapist it can be overwhelming Mm. because there's counselors there's therapists there's psychologists there's like there's so many so confusing yeah and I've got to say I was confused coming over to Canada from the UK (laughs) because it was so much more simple there Um, we basically had therapists and you basically psychologists or CBT therapists Um, we have a whole mix here um, and some are regulated some aren't so a counsellor is not a regulated profession and so anyone can call themselves a counsellor the more you know Mm -hmm. yeah Um, but we are obviously regulated professionals so psychologists is one of those um, and as a rule we tend to have um, a doctoral level of training um, but again that's a little bit different between England I apologise if I'm talking about England a lot but that is right, my background um, we generally have to have a doctorate there um, we can have a master's here and still attain that title as psychologist um, we have um a very similar uh, training, I guess, between social work and psychotherapy, um, but it it does differ, and and 
really it's it's too big a question to mm-hmm. say what's the what's the difference in our training um but just to know that um we are all regulated so when you do see a psychotherapist a registered psychotherapist or a registered social worker or a psychologist you know that you're getting a certain level of um treatment a level of um, ability but also that we're staying to you know basically the ethics and professional standards of our regulatory college um if you aren't seeing a therapist that's under a regulatory college you are putting yourself at risk um because they they aren't bound by the same um standards Mm -hmm. and you could be getting a whole mix i'm not saying you couldn't get some good input but you can't guarantee it um at a certain level um so it's about safety really Mm -hmm. Um, there is a big difference between psychiatry, psychology, and um, people get them mixed up. I get called a shrink or a psychiatrist all the time, and I have to keep correcting them. Um, the psychiatrists are trained as medical doctors, first off, um, so they are allowed to prescribe medication. Um, again, the breadth of psychiatrists changes depending on where you trained, how you trained, what your values are, those sorts of things. Um, but um, as a rule, they are primarily uh, medical practitioners, um, and so some go into um, a lot more training around the talk therapies, the therapies, um, but psychotherapy, social, social work, psychology, we are all trained in talk therapies um, um, at really quite a high level. Um, so that's what you can expect from when you when you see one of one of those professions. Because I always got confused. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that explains I'll, so. It's much. confusing. Yeah. yeah. And I'll <laughs> add to that where what we're all trained, like all of us here are trained in therapy. One of the big difference, well, some people will call me a psychologist. So no, I'm, I'm not a psychologist. And one of the big differences for me is for myself and Regan, we can't diagnose. If you need a oh. diagnosis, you need either an assessment by Dr. Moss or a doctor. We can do the therapy. We can say you have symptoms of something, but if you're looking for a specific diagnosis, I can't give you that as a social worker or a as registered psychotherapist. As a psychotherapist, it has to be a certain level of that qualification, and Dr. Moss has that, or your your family doctor can give you a diagnosis as well, depending on what it is Mm -hmm. but that if you're coming to that for me unfortunately that's something I can't help you with so we call those controlled acts and they're they're under um, certain legislation only certain professionals are allowed to do certain things Um, so like Emily says psychiatry and psychology are allowed to do the controlled act of diagnosing social work psychotherapists and psychologists are allowed to do the controlled act of psychotherapy um, which is again a very specific approach um, you've got to meet a number of different criteria um, but only regulated professionals like mm-hmm. ourselves are allowed to do the controlled act of psychotherapy isn't it crazy mm-hmm. I've learned so much already <laughs> well like, you actually taught me the difference when I was younger because I was seeing who I thought was a therapist but wasn't and then they they could talk to my school about what I was saying to them so me oh, and that. another student didn't know that was happening right. and that was happening yeah. then we saw Dr. Moss yeah. <laughs> that and was that better. for us breaks confidentiality yeah. if we don't have your consent we're not allowed to talk to anyone yeah. not even your family if and they come in and say like what, what are they talking about sorry I can't tell you yeah. anything unless I ask them first yeah and I think it's not when you don't know that like you don't know all of that it gets very confusing yeah so. and you just put your trust in these yeah. people and that's mm-hmm. that's the yeah, dangerous thing your deepest darkest yeah. secrets yeah. and mm-hmm. just like i need help and you're being vulnerable yeah. and it's like yeah oh no yeah no i don't like that at 
Yeah. But because I think a lot of people are looking for therapy, but you know, you go on like psychology today and it's quite overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think I have friends who that's just put them off trying to find the Mm -hmm. right fit for them. Um, Can you explain how people, what people can expect when they come to therapy? Because I think, is it scary for people? Yes, it's terrifying. Oh. Hi. Hi. I am social anxiety. <laughs> so, like, I want to know everything that's going to happen before I actually do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Which is why I'm here to, to ask mm-hmm. you guys what, what the hell happens. <laughs> Please help me. Calm my nerves. Um, okay, I'll start. Okay. Um, so, we can obviously only speak to what happens at our practice, yes, at Moss Psychology, but um, essentially, you would find us online or you would call um, the office. You would speak to our lovely office manager, Andy, um, and you would say whatever I'm looking for therapy or maybe give a little bit of information. And um, he would kind of take that to the team, make sure we have the availability and we kind of accommodate what you're looking for. And then he'd get in touch, send you some, we do like paperwork to start up. So we have a little bit of information before we have our first session. You'd get the paperwork, you'd fill it out. It's not that much. Um, Send it back, and then you would book your first session. Show up for your first session. uh, Come in. Check in with Andy. Sit in the waiting room. Wait. One of us will come out. We'll get you. Be like, let's start. Um, I always try to make it really clear personally that you only have to share kind of what you're willing, what you want to talk about that time. It can be really intimidating to meet somebody new and, like you said, share your deepest, darkest secrets right away. Um, I do like a little bit of just going over confidentiality, getting to know you, and uh, have a set number of questions kind of I like to make sure I ask in the first session. But really, it's yours to do what you want with and to go at whatever pace is comfortable for you and then I work with my clients to set some general goals they might have moving forward or areas they really want to touch on and what coming to therapy after this will look like so what fits with your schedule what works um and we go from there that's kind of like reasonable Mm -hmm. general overview yeah it's really yours to kind of navigate what you want to get out of that experience in the end it's the client that's the important person in that so Mm -hmm. we have to adjust our pace to what you're comfortable bringing in most of the time people are very nervous in that first session and Mm -hmm. that the first session most of the time we get to know you so are we doing deep down like are right in there in therapy probably not because we're kind of getting to understand what's bringing you in and we all have a different approach and a way of doing that. So that's how Regan does it. I'll do something similar. I usually start with the confidentiality, make sure that people understand that, and start with light. You're, you're mm-hmm. not going to say, well, okay, what's your most darkest secret the first time you get in? Mm-hmm. Most of the time that comes later. The first time. So <laughs> Imagine like, okay. you sat down and you were like, what is your biggest trauma? <laughs> Let's go. See, I'm that person. Mm-hmm. When well, I, I'm just like, I'm so completely like checked out. That I'm just kind of like, yeah, okay, let's go there. And, and some do. Yeah. And then just like. It's your session. Yeah. See, look at it. Yeah. When I go all. to a new therapist, like, I'm like, you ready? Get your notepad. Let's. <laughs> when I was 16, like, I go back and I'm like, here we go. Get your pen hand ready. And, and some do. It depends mm-hmm. on the person. And in the end, I describe therapy like a pair of shoes. If it doesn't fit 
it's not the right therapist for you. We all have our different styles, our different approaches. All three mm-hmm. of us yeah. work differently. We have similar, some similar training, some differences, but in mm-hmm. the end, we all have our own style and mm-hmm. it has to fit for you. If you're not comfortable with that person, you're probably not gonna open up and it's probably not gonna work. No. It's important to remember like therapy is your session. It's not about yeah, it's not appeasing about the therapist or it's not even really about who you're seeing. It's your 50 minutes to come and do yeah. the work that you need to do. As a people pleaser, I've struggled like with that because I feel like I'll, I don't want to hurt the therapist's feelings. I'm like, I'll just go back a couple more times and then, you know, do a slow fade. But people don't have to do that. You can just be Absolutely like... Absolutely not. No. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like Emily said, it's like a pair of shoes. We're not going to keep wearing a pair of shoes that keep causing us discomfort. I'm wearing Doc Martens and I know Katie loves oh, Doc yeah. Martens as well. And we will go through the pain. I'll go through the pain. <laughs> <laughs> they look cute. Yeah. yeah it, um, but yeah, I mean, you've, you've got to feel comfortable with that person or you're not going to do good work. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, I mean, we, we know through research time and time again, it really doesn't drill down to, oh, that's the therapy that always works for everybody. We never get that in, mm-hmm. in research. It's always the therapeutic alliance. How you feel held, safe, obey, able to be open with that therapist, um, then you're going to do good work. Mm-hmm. And that always comes across in research. That is the most active and most important um, factor of change is how you feel the therapeutic alliance is and it can rupture at any points as well and a good therapist should be able to you know mitigate those sorts of things prepare for them mm-hmm. talk about them before a potential rupture um, and then recover well as well mm-hmm. um, because that is part of our work it, this this work is not easy mm-hmm. for, for either side you know we're doing we're going into uncharted territory um, we have a map though as therapists we know we shouldn't get stuck in the mud and just say oh I'm out we should always have a way of thinking about okay this is why we're stuck and that's the really important thing about you know coming to a trained professional that's licensed they have got the training in formulation they have the training in understanding what you're bringing and they can help as a result of that understanding but it is really about the relationship then do you can you sh- gain a shared understanding of what's going on here and we're developing language all the time I think we have a new language with every client mm-hmm. and we would talk slightly differently with each client because it's there it's our language together we're co-creating therapy mm-hmm. you know and it's really important that it is a new experience we're not doing same old same old same mm-hmm. old and this isn't just a chat you know it's it it is it is challenging but we we work very hard on making it safe mm-hmm. and and you know, a, a place that feels like it, this is valuable work. I'm, I know why I'm doing this. Um, and, yeah, um, we, we work very, very hard on, on keeping that, that rapport going. Mm-hmm. It's really beautiful. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is. I mean, it, we, 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 we do talk about it. We do, um, like, group supervisions uh, every week. And we, we talk about the artistry as well. Mm-hmm. This isn't just about understanding theories understanding therapeutic approaches this is about the it's about relationships and Mm -hmm. how the ebb and flow and the energy Mm -hmm. goes between us and it's a dance ultimately it's how do we how do we now bend to to the person's need how do they 
how do they feel safe to lean into us? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's like doing the tango. And mm-hmm. There's um, the, a proponent of um, therapy, um, Sue Johnson, and she's, she really developed emotionally focused therapy, and all three of us use that therapy. And she talks incessantly about the tango. We're doing the tango again and again and again. It's these steps, these, these ways of um, interacting with your client in a way that makes just beautiful sense um, because it's about the relationship it's about do I feel heard do I feel understood when we're doing a tango if any of us have done tango you have to feel supported by your partner you have to feel safe with Mm -hmm. them in order to do that spin and lunge and know oh then they're they're pulling me in this area do I want to go in that area and that's really I think what we're doing we're 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 creating that safety and we we're 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 helping that person dance well Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because really that's how I see sort of mental distress it's we've stopped dancing well and we stopped dancing fluidly I'm just running into walls yeah Yeah, hitting your toe. Yeah. (laughs) New year, new oral health goals. Family Dental Center wants you to start 2024 with positive vibes and loving your smile. It's the year to prioritize your oral health. Commit to brushing and flossing your teeth twice a day to keep your smile dazzling and your gums healthy. And don't forget your routine hygiene visit. Book your 2024 hygiene visits with Family Dental Center. Reach out to Family Dental Center in Belleville, Frankfurt, or Coburg to kickstart your new year oral health goals. Visit FamilyDentalCenter.com and let's make 2024 the year of healthy, happy smiles. As someone who's gone to therapy, it it's not fun at first. It's exhausting. Yeah, it's exhausting like yeah. I would have to plan therapy around being like, what am I doing later in the day? Cause I'm going to need a nap. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's what I tell friends when I'm like, you're going to be exhausted. And it's going to suck at first and it's yeah. going to be weird, but yeah. then it starts to feel really good eventually. Yeah. And that's you doing the work. You know, mm-hmm. it's not a, it's not a cup of tea and a slice of cake and a sit down for a chat. You can do that with your friends. Mm-hmm. You know, we're doing something quite special and specific. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it can be quite tiring. Um, I do tell people, you know, maybe you need to yeah, make sure that you do some self-care after a session. Mm-hmm. Don't go back to work, maybe. Ta- take that, that time. Yeah, you need to stop doing that. <laughs> yeah. Because you don't yeah. realise what you... And, and because it's a dance, mm-hmm. we, I can't predict where we're going to go in a therapy session. If it feels right, it feels safe, and they want to go there, we'll go there. Um, and then they'll say, wow, that was big. And then they, they realize, wow, I've done lots of work today. And say, yeah, you have. And now you need to rest. Mm-hmm. Now you need to recuperate. Now you need to get that, that system, you know, just to recover a little mm-hmm. bit. And sometimes mm-hmm. that might be a nap. We know in research that you, you basically internalize things and integrate things a lot better after a, a short sleep. Mm-hmm. You don't need to keep thinking and thinking and thinking about it. We don't want people to ruminate on the session. Yeah. We just have a nap. Okay. Yeah, so that, like that was my, my the first time I ever went to therapy. I met with this woman and we like deep dove like immediately, and then I came back to work. <laughs> and I was sitting here. I was like, "What am I doing? <laughs> this is like I'm like, oh god, no, I need to leave like immediately." Yeah. And I just I yeah. think I just cried like most of the afternoon, and then I had a migraine. Yeah. So, and I was just like, this is just too much. And that was your body saying too much. I've mm-hmm. done, I'm tapped out. Yeah. No, and yeah. I'm just like, but I couldn't also communicate that with anybody because I just like shut down. Yeah. I was like, I need to distract myself for the next like four hours. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I think mental health has changed a lot. Like this dig, I think it's changing from when I 
was in high school and like dealing with my anxiety and depression to now where I feel like I can talk about it outright. But it's weird because it wasn't until a couple of years ago, a couple of years ago that I was like, oh, I'm I'm sick sometimes. I might cry. I'm sick sometimes, yeah. but yeah. people can't see it. So it's yeah. just like you're constantly fighting with your head. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. so it's hard to like validate yourself in the public. I knew I was yeah. gonna cry today. Um, so yeah, that we, we don't see it. No. It's not something that mm-hmm. we walk around and we can pick out as like, okay, well that person's depressed, that person's got trauma, that mm-hmm. person's anxious. Mm-hmm. Most of us have something going on, whether mm-hmm. it's a clinical form of a diagnosis or not, we all have our struggles mm-hmm. and we don't walk around with that label slapped on our forehead unless we get a button from dr yeah. moss <laughs> then we're we okay. have lots of them <laughs> <laughs> but it is i mean it, it, it's the it's the double stigma really mm-hmm. it's not observable mm-hmm. and then it's the relational injuries that come along with i'm also struggling with this and now you're telling me it doesn't exist now mm-hmm. you're telling me it's not real yeah mm-hmm. then we get injured again yeah and then the people who are like oh no you can't do that because or they're not reliable because or you know they're weak because Mm -hmm. and I'm just like well no I can still do everything that you know I know I can do Mm -hmm. but sometimes I'm gonna come to the office and I'm gonna look like this and sometimes thank you you're welcome and sometimes I'm gonna come and I'm gonna look like a bad bitch Mm -hmm. but sometimes I'm gonna be crying all day yeah yeah Yeah. I think people who struggle with mental health are even stronger because you're doing your day to day activities fighting a battle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And no one knows. Very few people know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I knew I was going to (laughs) cry. My next thing just says is humor a trauma response. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's the one thing I like about working with you Mm -hmm. because I can tell you, like, I feel like shit today. Mm -hmm. And you're like, don't worry about it. I got it. Yeah. And like, like vice versa, versa yeah like she's like yeah. you know something she's like i need to be with my dogs and i'm yeah. like you know what fine like go home you don't mm-hmm. need to question it just no just go it. Yeah. Like, yeah it's fine like yeah. and i think that more people need that kind of dynamic with either like their co-workers or their, their bosses yeah. or Absolutely. everybody mm-hmm. like there needs to be a understanding and mm-hmm. i think that i'm just i'm so tired it's like no you have to be sitting in this chair mm-hmm. from nine to five and if you're two minutes late like poo-poo on you yeah. mm-hmm. and I'm like give me a fucking break. yeah, yeah. And people don't know how hard we're working you know mm-hmm. when we have a mental health crisis and mm-hmm. like you mm-hmm. say Katie it's like we we look like we're functioning but we're actually I mean our, the glucose that glucose in our system that it takes is absolutely it exhausts us so you know are constantly working with and I'm sure Regan and Emily can attest to this as well how tired our clients often are and they say mm-hmm. I've done nothing all day mm-hmm. it's like you know you have you've been working so hard your brain has been going 10 to the dozen mm-hmm. and no one's recognizing it mm-hmm. and you're just trying to get through you even getting off the couch getting mm-hmm. out of bed that was your 100 mm-hmm. percent sometimes and we we really have to honor that yeah. because society doesn't like you saying, no. they yeah. say, why aren't you getting up and doing all these amazing things? It's like, yeah, I can sometimes, but not yeah. today. Yeah. And yeah. that leads to self-criticism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You oh, get yeah. to a point where now you're the problem. Yeah. You feel yeah. that you, there's something wrong with you, yet there's nothing wrong. You're mm-hmm. just struggling mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. day. It's it's a bad day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I talk 
Go ahead. I talk with clients a lot about how like anxiety, depression, these things are kind of like a full-time job, Mm -hmm. right? But we're doing them, as you said, Mm -hmm. on top of our actual full-time jobs and lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's crazy. I think that's it too. You know, some days if I shower, like I did it, I did the thing, you know, but some days I'm killing it. The amount of times people have been like, you don't look depressed. I'm like, oh, sorry. Let yeah. me. What's, this, what's that supposed to look like? Yeah. yeah I'm like, I'd love to yeah. know. <laughs> I'm doing my, I can fake a smile like no other and I will still yeah. make you laugh yeah. even if I feel like shit. Yeah. So we're doing it. We're doing the damn thing. Yeah. <laughs> doing our best. So, yeah. The, the trauma is, is humor a trauma response. Well, so I mean, the, there's a there's a line of thinking that you know humor is the most adapted way of responding to to mental health crisis. You know, so I'm so funny. If we can laugh at ourselves, <laughs> <laughs> and that's going back to like old psychotherapy. You know, even when we're talking about Freud and all of those people that were really sort of the forefathers mm-hmm. of what we're doing today. And they were saying humor is the best medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we, as long as we're not sort of masking um, and we like that. I, I think that's what you're talking about, Katie. Sometimes we, we mask very well. Mm-hmm. Um, we look like we're happy. But sometimes if you can have those really deep belly laughs, that's you're releasing all these really good chemicals in your system. And it's, it's and there is a, there is. I mean, there's things called laughter therapy. Mm-hmm. There's, the, you know, um, but. <laughs> Yeah. It's biologically driven for a reason. We laugh for a reason, just mm-hmm. like whether we're laughing or crying. It's yeah. all our body's going to react to that, mm-hmm. releasing some of these hormones. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, it's there to try to make us feel better. If you're laughing, you're trying to, maybe you're in an uncomfortable situation, mm-hmm. you're trying to make light out of it, so it's not feeling so bad mm-hmm. it's i'm a forever response. going to be quoting this episode yeah <laughs> being like they said i'm allowed to do this exactly. <laughs> no but I, I think that's a wonderful thing you just said emily it's that sense that our bodies know what it needs mm-hmm. and we often and and this is where mental health crisis often comes in we stop we block and we we put walls up with what comes naturally mm-hmm. and this is this is where distress lies mm-hmm. is we're not our authentic selves and we're not able to be just let's let's I, I feel like dancing I feel like saying something stupid or blah 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 it's like that's freeing mm-hmm. and that means we've got not got blocks and we're not using energy unnecessarily mm-hmm. yeah. um, and society has been dictating 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 you know all our lives really you know from the moment you know we're born we're being told who we should be how we should act what identity sh- we should have and it's cruel it really is it's because horrible. it's horrible. Like, we need to tell you. Need to tell the world who we are. Mm-hmm. You can cry. I'm not gonna cry. I already did it. <laughs> it's your turn. I'm fine. <laughs> it's true though, especially as being the the weird kid or the loud kid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You gotta go to therapy. Yeah, <laughs> learn it's You're okay. Wrong or, yeah. yeah, you need mm-hmm. to change. You're the bull in yeah. the china yeah. shop. Yeah. Too many feelings. Don't mm-hmm. cry. You don't need to cry about this. Oh man, too much. You should smile. Okay. Yeah. Try me. Yeah. <laughs> the amount of times that people said, no, I can't cry, I shouldn't cry. Well, why not? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, no, I know. I lean into the crying now. But Good. people say, like, okay, well, the, stop crying like a baby. It's like, okay, yes, babies cry, but adults cry for a mm-hmm. reason, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not socially accepted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's sad that it's not socially accepted because why can't we just go through those feelings mm-hmm. and be compassionate with each other and saying, oh, crap. Yeah. You're sad right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What can we do? 
Yeah, I think too for me, I used it took me a long time to realize I was actually sad and not angry mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because I find that's more of a socially accepted feeling. Absolutely. People are like, mm-hmm. oh, they're oh, angry. So I think a lot of people, when they get uncomfortable or going through something, it's anger first yeah. instead of like crying because you've been told don't cry or you don't need mm-hmm. to cry about this constantly. Mm-hmm. And it also becomes gendered as well. You know, mm-hmm. men often find it easier to show anger and aggression. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems to be legitimized um, where actually, it, you know, I work very hard with men to get them into their emotion mm-hmm. um, because they've been cultured out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, I can get angry, but I'm not mm-hmm. going to do anything else. Yeah. And uh, it, it's a real barrier and we have to work very... And, and again, it's just about getting back to your authentic self. There is no difference in our brains in this way mm-hmm. when we need to express emotion. We all experience the whole spectrum of emotion. We might not be showing it, but we are all experiencing it. Yeah. Um, and we either hide it and that's where it causes the problems. I was literally having a conversation with a man like last night. I'm still dating. They said I, I should. You weren't be supposed to be dating. I'm not supposed to be dating. I'm supposed to be focusing on myself. I was speaking to a man last night, and he was like, we were just like talking about like life, and he was like, oh, I'm gonna cry, but I was like, okay, I cry, and he was like, well, no, I'm not gonna be a pussy, and I'm like, okay, one pussies for lack of better words are fucking tough we love them yeah um because they (laughs) fucking birth children yeah exactly i'm like in what world is that not being tough like yes Mm -hmm. no cry with me yeah and he was like oh my god he's like i don't think i've ever had like a woman tell me to cry Mm -hmm. and i was like yeah no you need to cry Mm -hmm. like you need to let that out yeah so he just sobbed on the phone and i was like okay i've never met you before in my life but we're crying on the phone together so that was that it's a really good point Mm -hmm. you know around you know there is so much courage and strength in opening that vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've been given this message that, oh, it's strong to, to shut down. Since Why? When? You know, it breaks us when no. we shut down. Yeah. The, that's, the worst times of my life was when I wasn't, like, being myself and mm-hmm. just... Yeah, I, that's yeah. when I was, like, every single time I've been, like, majorly depressed, I can tell you exactly why. It's because somebody I love somebody I loved was telling me to be somebody else Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or telling me that my reactions or my personality was just too much yeah Yeah. and I'm just like you know what like hindsight now Mm -hmm. not a great fit (laughs) (laughs) but you know we're better we're doing better yeah Mm -hmm. it's it takes a lot to be able to talk about your emotions and actually vocalize them Absolutely. how you feel. I think it's like a strength, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You have to have somebody that's receptive to it, yeah. too. Because if the other person's just giving you that response of, well, no, you're a pussy. It's like, yeah. well, you're not going to open up to that person. Mm-hmm. It's not going to feel comfortable. You're, oh, yeah. You, mm-hmm. you need somebody that's going to be like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. Oh, mm-hmm. I blocked him after that conversation. <laughs> I was done. I was like, you can cry. But once we get off the phone, I'm like, done. <laughs> I think I, um, because I've been in therapy on and off since I was eight, um, I think I drive people nuts because they'll be like angry and I'm like, okay, but like, why are you, what, what's going on? Why are we doing it? And then they're like, I'm allowed to be angry. And I'm like, yeah, you are. But like, I don't have to be angry. So what's up? Like, how can we figure out what we need to do? Because this isn't helping me right now. Mm -hmm. It's like eventually we all have to coexist, especially I think it's difficult with family Mm -hmm. because, yeah, you have to you can't just like block them. Yeah, you know, you Mm -hmm. have to see them again. Yeah. Yeah. Regardless if you want to or not. Yeah. Can we talk about 
the importance of attachment and mental health. Mm. What is that? Oh, it's such a big thing. <laughs> Where do we start? I think we need about 15 episodes to Ready. talk about attachment. We're starting a new podcast. <laughs> new podcast. It's there. Do you have a podcast? We don't. No, we no. are thinking about but it. But we're going to talk yeah. to them about that after. Because yeah. yeah. I've been talking to Andy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're ready for it. Yeah, yeah, yes. I love it. But yeah, back to attachment. It's so fundamental. I mean, this goes back again to, to people like Ainsworth and Bowlby, these these. The, again, these these people that have led the way to how we understand um, how we get through life well. Mm-hmm. And attachment starts from being a baby and it can get skewed very, very easily. So how we relate with ourselves, how we relate with our care provider, whether it's a mom or dad or somebody else, is so incredibly important to how we develop as individuals. One, how our personality develops, but two, how we navigate difficulties and crises. So we're kind of all talking about, you know, how do we express emotion? Emotion is really what we call the royal route into Mm -hmm. getting, you know, success in life, um, whatever that is. If we don't ha- handle our emotions and we don't understand them, um, we're not going to get anywhere good. So attachment is fundamental to how we handle our emotions. So if somebody's attached well to us and they're responding to us and they're they're eager to hear and they they're safe with us, we're going to help. We're going to let them know what our emotion is, and then as we let them know our emotion, that attachment figure is going to help organise that experience for us. They're going to make sense of it with us. They're going to say, oh, you're feeling angry because of this. Mm -hmm. For instance, you're feeling angry because you got pushed aside. You know, maybe we're talking with a a five-year-old. That little boy hurt you. That's why you've got anger right now. Mm -hmm. That's called anger when you you clench your fists and you've got a red face. Mm -hmm. And that's really important. And now, as that child starts to hear that, they start to move maybe into another emotion. They may start to have a tear in their eye mm-hmm. and they start to cry and they go, and that's okay as well. Mm-hmm. You're feeling sad now because you got hurt and it's a really sad experience. So this adult, this attachment figure is organising this just beautifully really. It's mm-hmm. like this dance again. I'm dancing with you. You, you dance with me. I'll, you show me where you want to go and I'll help you understand why you want to go there. Mm-hmm. And then we learn to internalise that. And over time, if we get good attachment figures, we can really deal with anything. We can deal with these monsters and these really tough things like the bill coming through the door or the relationship breakup. Mm -hmm. It's not going to send us spiralling. Um, but oftentimes, and that's that's what we're working with in therapy, is people's attachment and how did they get skewed and how did they get blocked? And I was going to say, so attachment can be toxic too. Absolutely, okay. yeah. it's it's so yeah, because it's it feels so, like more often than not, yeah, it's so <laughs> precious attachment, and yeah, it can heal, but it can harm. Mm-hmm. Which means yeah. that yes, we do go back in therapy and we go look. Okay, where does this come from? And most of the time, that means going back to childhood. And people are like, well, that doesn't that doesn't have anything to do with it. Well. Everything it does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's always the seeds there. I yeah, think too absolutely. sometimes talking to someone else, like getting like I like going to therapy because it's my third party mm-hmm. what's the word I'm looking for? Neutral. Neutral, yeah. Because like obviously my family and friends are gonna like feel mm-hmm. my emotions, mm-hmm. but then sometimes I have to go to therapy and be like, Am I being crazy? Like I need someone to help me sort yeah. these. 
mm-hmm. thoughts And you out. don't want someone just to agree with you. No. Because that, that's kind of a friend, really. Yeah. A friend should back you up, um, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, you, you hear know. that, friends? Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like we're like bulldogs for each other. I'm like, who do I have to fight? But in, in therapy, yeah. in therapy, we're challenging, you know, mm-hmm. and, and we're not, we're not blo- you know, challenging in a really uh, aggressive way, obviously, but we're saying, let's think about that, Lotes. Mm-hmm. Where did that come from? Let's understand that a little bit mm-hmm. rather than just agree with it. And let's mm-hmm. just, let's just really get to grips and, and find out where that comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the challenging piece is, I've never really thought about it that way or I've never wanted to think about it that way. And the therapist's job is to to help you feel safe to want to think about it in mm-hmm. a slightly different way or, and mm-hmm. s- sidestep that old pattern maybe of thinking or approaching an issue that mm-hmm. really hasn't really worked out maybe very well for you. Yeah. And I feel like that can be the difficult part of therapy is because you react to a situation or you don't think about it far back where it might be stemming from and then you have to go and unpack a lot of things mm-hmm. which society doesn't tell you to do they're like just bury uh-uh. it down and you're gonna mm-hmm. be fine and I'm like no <laughs> I'm not okay I so wish I'd been taught like psychology at like um public school for instance mm-hmm. just the seeds of it you know we could do so much benefit yeah. with our with our society really mm-hmm. when we start young mm-hmm. and we go this all makes sense we know all this stuff yeah we know what what makes people distressed and we know what makes people feel good and mm-hmm. happy and and content and then achieve mm-hmm. in their lives why aren't we doing that from like day yeah. one really mm-hmm. is it getting better out there like are schools handling things well, I better so. I, th- I think people trying. are trying they're trying yeah. they're yeah. they're using more positive-based approaches Mm -hmm. in schools where I've got two little ones in school and they're trying to, they're not necessarily focusing on punishment. Mm -hmm, They're mm -hmm. focusing more on interacting. Okay, yes, you've got these big feelings. You can have a bit of time and space to feel those and then come back. They they Mm -hmm. are trying. Okay, that's good. That's promising. That gives me hope. Absolutely. So I have a 15-year-old and a 4-year-old. So I'm going through both of these things on very different levels. So like, especially my son, because he's, well, he's turning four next week. So we're into the big, like, okay, like, you're feeling anger. That's cool. But let's just, and then he like goes through it. Then he's like, I'm confused. And I'm like, okay, now you're confused. (laughs) And I'm just like, how do I be the supportive parent to at least, you know, for, for him to be able to communicate how he feels with me safely because my 15 year old is not that's always going to be a challenge but then I'm just like she's she's 15 she doesn't want to open up to me Mm -hmm. that's okay but I'm just here yeah. yeah, giving mm-hmm. you snacks. That's it. Yeah, that's, every so often. But it's all that pre-work like, as well, because when when kids are in those places of like they're teenagers and all these hormones are running around the system and their yeah. personality isn't fully developed, mm-hmm. you know, even their cortex isn't fully developed in yeah. those ways. It's all the pre-work, like you like you talk about with your four-year-old. It's yeah. how. I've helped organize their experience. They know I'm a safe person. So when they want to talk to me, they will. Mm -hmm. And that's really the power of of really good parenting. It's like you can't tell a child what to do, but you can know that they know that you are the safe person. They are going to come to you when they have a difficulty and you're going to help work through that with Mm -hmm. them. Yeah. And that's your, that's your job, as I see it, as a, as a parent, you know. And in, in that moment, when at that four-year-old age, because I've got a four-year-old as well, it's like, yeah. if you're screaming at me, you're not listening. So it's like, just, you you have that feeling, it's okay, you're, you're yeah. angry. Mm-hmm. No, we do. Screaming's not helping you, but when you've calmed down, then, okay, now what happened? <laughs> yeah, no, we have the quiet time. 
Yeah. And we're just like, okay, let's go. You can go be angry there. Mm-hmm. I think that's important, though, because I feel like as a kid, not my parents, but in school, it was very much like, oh, you're you're angry or you're yelling. You need to go go have quiet time in the corner by yourself or mm-hmm. like you're crying go to the yes. office but it's like yeah. it doesn't it should no. be a, it's not a punishment to no. feel feelings you're yeah. just That's right. it's a have a lot of feelings sometimes have mm-hmm. your feelings once you've calmed down then you can come back if that means mm-hmm. you're gonna spend some time in your room and you're just gonna be safe there and mm-hmm. mine just likes to roll around on her bed it's like okay That's a, that you're doing that yeah it's a way to roll, regulate roll, roll around it. on your bed once you've stopped okay you're done crying all right what happened mm-hmm my that, sits that. on the chair and looks at me and like cries and gives me the side face and I'm just like keep going I'm here <laughs> we'll all day babe. There. love when, you and when you talk Katie around that like this is what schools have done you need to go away mm-hmm. you know implicitly we're getting that message that mm-hmm. feelings are, are difficult or, or to be avoided mm-hmm. and they need to be contained somehow mm-hmm. you know it's like it's too much and that's why we we end up talking mm-hmm. with adults in their 30s 40s 50s beyond I'm not sure I can do feelings. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, we all can do we feelings. Can do We're wired for this. Yeah. It's just what society's done to us mm-hmm. to say feelings are bad. Yeah. I think my thing, too, is when people are like, yeah, I, maybe I should go to therapy, but I don't know what I'm going to talk about. And I'm just like, oh, when I have an appointment and I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to talk about today. I feel great. That is when, like, That's when the shit out. goes down. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, this is not where I thought I was going today, but here we are. And Mm -hmm. that's powerful. Like, it's scary, but it's powerful. Because those are the times you come in and you don't necessarily have an agenda. It's like, okay, well, then we start Mm -hmm. exploring. Okay, things Mm -hmm. aren't bad. Well, what's going on over here? And then we start to dig. You sneaky people. I love (laughs) it, though. It's so good. But that's the difference between, I guess, what we do. And and we we don't really do these what we call manualized treatments. We don't go through a manual going, this is week one, Mm -hmm. this is week two, Mm -hmm. right through to week 10 or whatever. Um, There is some benefits within those. I'm not saying there aren't, but we have to be in that dance with the person. And Mm -hmm. if we're saying, but you're not sticking to my agenda, Mm -hmm. it's going to go very poorly. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, and we've got to be very, very careful about, you know, not dictating what therapy Mm -hmm. needs to look like in that session. Mm -hmm. Um, We and that's the beauty of the kind of the formulation and the understanding. It's we can always go back to it. We can always say, are we still in this this place? Are we still working Mm -hmm. in the in the way way we think we are? Or have we kind of gone off track? Mm -hmm. We need to come back, Mm -hmm. you know, and and that's the beauty of so being structured, but in a in a kind of a holding more Mm -hmm. fluid, organic way. I I Mm -hmm. like to see it. So I think a Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I'm like, it's like healing isn't linear for no, everybody. No, it's, it's not. not. It's, it's like not. everything in the world. Nothing is. I think mm-hmm. this podcast has been interesting because you can, in the last year and a half, I could track both of our moods. by oh, yeah. I can like pinpoint. And I think people like we're very, we're very open about it. So mm-hmm. I'll just be like, I have nothing to say. I'm so depressed this week. And then. And I think it's kind of opening for people to be like, oh, they're talk- we're talking about it into microphones. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. everyone knows how I'm feeling right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry. You, you, did we lose the thought? I'm so sorry. I did lose the thought. That That's is okay. okay. <laughs> um, this may be too open-ended of a question, but, like, when should people seek out a therapist or what kind of could get that ball rolling? It is a difficult question, but I'll... People tend to come and wait say, oh, it's not bad enough. It's not bad mm-hmm. enough. Things aren't crashing. Mm-hmm. And, yes, you can come into therapy at that point. But if you're I, – I compare it to 
a boiling pot of water. If you're at the point where it's overflowing, it's going to take a lot more to cool it down than mm -hmm. if the bubbles are starting to form at the bottom. Mm -hmm. So if you pull that, that pot of water when it's very cool just starting, it's not going to be as complicated to mm -hmm. cool it down. Mm -hmm. Sooner is better, but at any time you can come in. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I, I think recently maybe we're seeing a little bit more of a shift of people coming preventatively mm -hmm. as well. Like I know that I might struggle in the next year. I might be struggling at work, so I'm going to kind of get the ball rolling now. So I already have that support in place and that relationship built when I'm really going to need it. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's, that'd be good for couples. Absolutely. So you just like mm -hmm. learn yeah. to really like communicate with each other from the yeah. get go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that like when conflict obviously does arise that yeah. you can like, you can understand the way your partner I responds. I feel like in mm -hmm. a relationship when you go, when it's like at its wits end, it's, feels late like too yeah. late like you there's have a lot, lot of work to be to done work. then yeah. yeah yeah i feel like yeah there's a lot more work after mm -hmm. something really bad has happened mm -hmm. or you well know. it's like one of our first episodes with charity brown she said a breakdown's not recommended just go to therapy mm. <laughs> yeah and it's true so mm -hmm. yeah. can we talk about like because you offer adolescent therapy couples therapy all the things yeah like how does that work well, I mean, <laughs> it's different, again, it's a like, huge question. Yeah. So anybody can walk in Anyone. and be like, help. help. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, essentially, yeah, we, we work across the whole age span. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I mean, it's like this preventative work. Sometimes we're dealing with some, someone in a preventative way, whether it's a couple or an individual or a family. Um, sometimes it's they're in crisis. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes we work with the individual, sometimes we work as a couple, sometimes we work with the entire family. Um, and again, it's, it, it, it's got to be tailored to the individual and the individual mm -hmm. situation. So it's really, a, it's, a, it's a collaboration. It's like, what is it, what is the best way to intervene here? Mm -hmm. um, and we have the luxury of being able to, to kind of work in different ways together as well. So mm -hmm. I might see an individual and for Emily might see the couple, mm -hmm. for instance. Um, mm -hmm. And, it's, and it, it's a really good way of making sure that we're, we're we're collaborating in a, in the most meaningful way mm -hmm. and they're not just getting disparate ideas mm -hmm. um, and then being confused at the end of therapy. Um, we're, we're working in, you know, a, a, the same direction, really. Mm -hmm. um, That's so, important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. being com I'm already confused as someone with mental illness. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and that, I, I hope that's what we do. You know, it's this sense of we gain clarity, and mm -hmm. it's like this isn't so big as it feels mm -hmm. initially. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, that all makes sense now, and I can actually handle things. Um, if if you're leaving therapy feeling like that, we've done our job, I think, mm -hmm. with their mm -hmm. feeling confident, they can internalize it, and then, you know, I I see it as as basically this is your that kind of boot camp in a way for life. Mm -hmm. Now you can go along and you can you can do these hard things often just on your own or with your partner or with your family. You don't necessarily have to come back. Um, but if you do come back, that's great as well because mm -hmm. sometimes we need to tweak things. Sometimes mm -hmm. we need to say, yeah, we didn't quite deal with that issue. Let's now dive into that a little bit more and, and see where that takes us. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, I mean, it, I don't know if we answered answer the question. It was a big but question. It is a big can, question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so. to your point, sometimes some people aren't ready for something, so they yeah. won't necessarily yeah. go to that big dig 
deep, mm-hmm. deep, dark That's secret. Right. So mm-hmm. then they'll come back later. It's like, okay, well, maybe there's something more. And mm-hmm. then we go into yeah. it. And mm-hmm. I'm a therapy pusher. And it's a problem. <laughs> Some like to my friends, my family. I'm like, you should go to therapy. Like we should all go to therapy at some point in our I lives. I think we all need it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm, I've had my own personal therapy as part of my professional development, and I I think it's really important that like even as a therapist, I sit on the other side. Mm-hmm. I know what it's like to be treated, and I know and. And then I'm not in my head, you know. Yeah. I'm I'm in my emotion. I'm in I'm doing the work I need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I can set back. I don't have to be the psychologist as as therapy, and yeah. that's really important. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, yeah, I, there really isn't anybody that shouldn't access therapy. Um, I feel like the one question that now, if I'm like ever seeking treatment <laughs> from somebody, I'd be like. Do you go to therapy? Mm-hmm. And I think if they yeah. say no, then I'm going to be like, yeah. "Why is it good for me and not for you? Yeah, <laughs> why not?" Yeah. I think you should also ask partners, <laughs> like, "Do you go to therapy? <laughs> what are you doing?" There's a there. point, like when I was like lightly dating, like last year, where I, it was like that was like one of the first questions I asked people. I'm like, "Do you go to therapy?" That was a green flag in my books. Mm-hmm. And when they said no, I just would block them. Yeah, that's good. good. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, can you talk about the different kinds of therapy? I know you do some emotion, emotional focus therapy, mm-hmm. and then there's like cognitive behavioral therapy. Mm-hmm. Yes. What else there's is out there? There are there's so many. many. But so, like, <laughs> like you guys know and all we love, of them. We love our acronyms. So it's yeah. EFT, CBT, yeah. IFS, DBT, EMDR. Yeah, I don't like that one. There's other ways. It's not just the eyeballs. You can have sounds. You can use buzzers in your hands. You don't have to use It gave me like the most wicked migraine. Okay, so no more. Maybe you try the buzzers in the Tra- hand. I, I tend mm-hmm. to gravitate more towards the um, sound than the eyes. I, I find a lot of my clients don't pick the eyes, but I think Regan's clients Yeah, so I more. always let my clients pick like what they like to use, buzzers, eye movements, tapping. Most of my clients, we talk about this often, pick eyes as like I don't know if it's just because that's what you see or that's what the acronym stands for, but... Mm-hmm. I'm not sure because yeah. you tend to pick the eyes and mine don't pick the eyes, but I tend to have a comment saying, well, okay, if you want the eyes, you're not allowed to close your eyes then. And then feel oh. like, well, no, no thanks. So I'm oh, thinking yeah. we're, we're kind of losing most people because they won't know, what, what are we talking oh, about? Oh, yeah, what is, what <laughs> is what, the this? eyes, these tappers? Yeah. So, so I mean, it's, it's really... EMDR is Eye Movement Desensitization Reprocessing Therapy. And basically, it's using the eye movements... That we, yeah, it is. It's massive, but it's 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 kind of what we do at night, you know, in REM sleep, where your eyes are going back and forth, back and forth, mm-hmm. back and forth. But we're actually guiding that process. We're actually helping the brain do what it naturally wants to do, but that it's being held by us, and we're having a really clear focus. Mm-hmm. And and we find that that type of therapy can move trauma memories, for instance, along oh. very very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just one one kind of thing that we've got in our armory. We we like you say CBT. Um, we're less of a fan of CBT now because we we're now into the third wave of therapies, which is much more about um, connecting relationally with mm-hmm. ourselves, with with each other, and again mm-hmm. it comes back to attachment understanding. So any therapies that are really embedded in this attachment were kind of were interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, things like internal family systems. We'll talk to clients about there's a part of you doing this, but then there's another part of you that's kind of like fighting that. And we get really interested and we, we find all these parts of ourselves. And it doesn't mean like we're all kind of, you know, 
acting in these kind of really dissociated ways, but we are all made up of parts. Mm -hmm. So it's our job, we see it, is to kind of get all these parts to talk to one another Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, and get them to collaborate. Um, really what we should be doing in society. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. There, there's ACT, too. I like yeah. to use ACT more in acceptance and commitment therapy. Yeah. works on a lot on accepting the emotions and working oh. through them rather than trying to change them. It's yeah. there. You're kind of just going to weather the storm mm-hmm. through some of these emotions. And yeah. those are very very useful yeah. mm-hmm. for some people. And then mindfulness-based cognitive therapy. Um, that's A lot of people know about mindfulness now. I think it's, it's, it's got a lot of good airtime over the last few years, mm-hmm. but that sense of being very present non-judgmentally. Mm-hmm. And if we can do that with our emotions or our experience, then we can start to move things on a lot better because we're not blocking all the time. So, I mean, I integrate mindfulness. I know Regan and Emily into, integrate mm-hmm. mindfulness a lot mm-hmm. into yep. their practice as well. Um, and just helping people really just sit in that experience rather than resist it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we obviously it's about not not flooding people, but you know if we don't if we're not in our experience, we can't we can't understand it and we can't move through it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're very much about how do we help that person tolerate that difficulty? Mm-hmm. And, and these 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 ways of uh, therapy like mindfulness help us do that. Mm-hmm. And all of these types of therapies, they all have a manual if you want mm-hmm. to follow mm-hmm. it. But I know mm-hmm. for me, I, I'm like Andrew said, he, I don't come in and it's like, okay, session one, two, and three, four. No. I mix all of them. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. today, well, maybe this will fit today. I'll maybe do a little bit more mindfulness yeah. or another day. Okay, well, that sounds like there's a, it's the memory's a little stuck, which goes back to trauma. We don't need PTSD mm-hmm. to use EMDR. Anything mm-hmm. that we can't move past and it's like okay well let's use a little bit of EMDR on that mm-hmm. and try to help move that along mm-hmm. or some other day maybe I'll challenge a thought or yeah. it, it depends on yeah. what you're yeah. bringing in we use and, a very integrated approach I think yeah, all of us collectively absolutely. take that approach I think when you when you're kind of seeking a therapist out you know I think we said some really good good things around what what the sort of questions you should ask are, are you in therapy as well and but also like what is the professional development of that individual we're constantly mm-hmm. learning so mm-hmm. in, in, our, in our practice, we are constantly talking about new therapies. How do we integrate this system? How mm-hmm. do we integrate this way of, way of talking about mental distress mm-hmm. in, in a way that really makes sense? Mm-hmm. And we're constantly developing our practice. Mm-hmm. And if, if a therapist isn't constantly developing, there's a problem there because mm-hmm. there's always something to learn. And we're developing, you know, the therapist I was five years ago is very, very different to the therapist I am mm-hmm. today. And I hope I'll be very different in five years' time as well Mm -hmm. Um, but that comes through professional development and talking with one another not being in isolation Mm -hmm. um, and constantly sort of looking what what is out there what Mm -hmm. what what is seemed what seems to be effective and it it changes Mm -hmm. I love that Mm -hmm. it's like collaboration we're all about collaboration we work very collaboratively I think Well, that means you get other experiences, right? Like mm-hmm. you get other people's, because everyone has like different lived experiences. Mm-hmm. So it's like mm-hmm. you can get yeah. different like, other input. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. inputs. Um, I'm bringing up the buttons. You're very tied to the Humane Society, <laughs> yes, and 
And uh, w- what are you doing right now? Uh, well, I'm making buttons for the Humane Society. <laughs> You've led me into that. Yeah, good. <laughs> no, we, we, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's our kind of chosen charity that we like to, we like to uh, work alongside. Um, the little things can't speak for themselves, basically. So we, we need to be their advocates. So, uh, yeah, whatever we can do to, to support the Humane Society, we're, we're more than happy to do. So you'll see us and the wiggle waggle and, you know, representing the Humane Society at maybe the Pride events mm-hmm. or, you know, you'll, you'll see us around because, you know, animals... And I, I'm actually training right now in animal-assisted interventions um, and understanding <laughs> how important it is that animals are to our mental health mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. They're, they're unconditional you know they oh, yeah. they are they open they know they know, they yeah. know. oh yeah. my god mm-hmm. and the i mean the benefit people get is mm-hmm. just incredible um so yeah we're we're missing a trick if we're not we're not bringing our, our little beings into into our mental health as well yeah so um dr moss has made buttons that are for if you buy them the proceeds go to the Humane Society, but they also help end mental health stigma. Yeah. So mm-hmm. how can people get these buttons? They can get them either at our offices or they can go down to the Humane Society. They okay. have a little carousel of buttons. And I'm, I'm constantly, I'm obsessed. I've got this little button maker <laughs> and I'm just making them all yeah. night. It's, it's your new one. Before was the, the cricket. Now yeah, you've yeah, yeah now I've moved on. Yeah. They're adorable. Maybe. He's very creative. He's constantly, creative. He's constantly trying else. to find yeah. ways of getting in and getting again lowering the stigma mm-hmm. of mental health as well mm-hmm. so you know we've got buttons to say i've got autism or i'm f- i don't like loud noises mm-hmm. or i'm feeling a bit socially anxious and it's it's a way of bridging i mm-hmm. think just mm-hmm. to, because we can't easily talk about this mm-hmm. stuff even yeah. today no. um, and i think it just gives people the heads up mm-hmm. and some of them are really fun like yeah. you have your little i'm not a hugger that's right oh that's yeah. a good with one with a cactus yeah <laughs> they're really cute <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So get some buttons, people. How I look at Starbucks, they have like the pronouns on their. Oh, that's good. And I'm like, I love that. Yeah. A lot of places are starting to do that. Mm -hmm. I I love it Mm -hmm. because I'm just like, okay, like what's worse than misgendering somebody? Exactly. Yeah. You feel like trash, even if it's a mistake. Yeah. 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 It's true. Yeah. You'll you'll find those at Pride next time we're at Pride. They're mm-hmm. all the pronouns. All the pronoun and, buttons. Can yeah. I have? Can, can I commission a custom button? <laughs> you absolutely can. <laughs> okay, because yeah. I want. Uh, my pronouns are she, but the S be a dollar, dollar sign. sign. A dollar sign. I've got it. <laughs> <laughs> He's locked in on it. It's locked in. <laughs> okay, cool. I love it. Um, we talked about it a lot. Threw some big questions at you, which maybe made no sense. But um, did we miss anything? Is there anything else you want to touch on? No, no, I I think it was a good start. Yeah. I would love to come back if you would. Oh, you're coming back. You're going to be like a regular. This is a regular <laughs> occurrence. Yeah. Um, thank you so much. We'll share all the socials. We'll share where you can get buttons and where you can find therapists. <laughs> and, uh, to book an appointment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for having thank us. You. Thank you. It's been such thank fun. That was amazing. amazing. Oh, so good. So I say it in the episode, but Dr. Moss has been my therapist. Yes. So he was my therapist when I was 17, like in grade 12, and my first first year of university. And then um, now, again, he's my therapist. Yeah. So. I think he might be my therapist. I think he should be. He's so good. I just could like just like sit there and listen to his voice and then go off on tangents about how I want to just like craft things with him. I just love that he's into buttons, you know. 
I put all of the buttons on our bulletin board. Oh, I love it. So every day we can walk by and look at them and just yell a random mental health thing Thing. to somebody, whoever is walking by. I think, too, I've realized, like, mental illness has always, and therapy has been a part of my life for, like, ever. And I'm realizing it's not a part of everyone's life. And there's, and I think, too, the people around me, I attract people who also are mentally ill. Um, So it's, like, a very positive well, yeah. like it's tough, but it's like you have that support, and I realize there's because some people who really do not understand. Oh, like at like all. really like don't understand. Aggressively don't. Who are understand. like, if you just walk and eat healthy, you're gonna be great. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I'll be maybe a bit better, but so that's the thing is like I. It's not the whole going outside and eating well. Like that's not lost on me. Yes. That will make me feel better in the moment. Mm-hmm. I get it. Mm-hmm. But I'm not okay. Like, I am still very depressed doing those things. It's quite wild when you're depressed, too, because the beauty of everything goes away. So mm-hmm. you can... I remember being depressed and, like, looking outside, and I'm like, this would probably bring someone, like, so much joy, how beautiful it is. And your your brain and you your... Just you just it. You're like, nope, I'm not getting that. Like, you don't get like the dopamine feeling like that. No, you don't you get normally. The, yeah, that you normally get. It's like there's something that's literally blocking the dopamine from like hitting your brain and giving you that satisfying like mm-hmm. hug that you get when you look at a really pretty sunset. Yeah. And then you feel like there's something so wrong with you. Oh, because there is. Well, yeah, <laughs> no, but I mean, like, I know like, what you there mean. There is, yeah, like, like mentally. Doctor Moss said I can use humor. Yeah, it's our trauma response. <laughs> I'm so funny. People are always like, you're funny. And I go, thanks, I'm mentally ill. (laughs) I'm like, I'm not okay. No, absolutely not. But I think that saying you're not okay is fun and I think it's fine. And I think this ties to last week's episode so well. Like Mm -hmm. being the sibling or the child with all the feelings. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea. And that's okay. That's okay. But you're the cup of tea for the people that matter. I like that. Yeah, because I said to someone, I was like, if I'm going to love you at your worst and your best, and if people don't love you at your worst, they don't get you at your fucking best. Oh, absolutely not. And I stand by that. Oh. And I do think, like, if you don't understand mental illness, it's it's hard to show up. No, that no. Anyone can show up for anyone. I take that back. Yeah. Just be a good human. All you have to do is just show up yeah and not judge it it doesn't even have to be physically it could be like oh hey like i dropped over a meal for you Mm -hmm. like it's at your door don't feel like you need to come to the door while i'm here but like there's food for you Mm -hmm. outside or like literally anything just come and sit with them while they read a book yeah sometimes you just need someone to sit there in silence yeah yeah or just to hold you when you cry yeah exactly yeah so just be kind to one another and know that everyone's going through everyone's shit. Going through some Everyone shit. has shit, and you definitely don't see it on the outside. Um, because I wake up every day and I get to the office and I do my best, but I am cripplingly like crippled with depression on the inside. Like if I didn't have to come to the office, I would just be in bed crying. Probably I cried not. in the office this morning. Like yeah. it's it is what it is. But you know. But you know what. Dr. Moss said that I really enjoyed. He's like, when you have mental illness, that's already a full-time job. Oh, yeah. And I've said that before. Like, when I'm fully depressed and I'm still showing up, 
Oh, yeah. I'm giving it, like, 200%. I'm, like, that's get, taking every ounce of my will. Because mm-hmm. if you haven't, if you haven't, like, really had major depression and, like, you wake up in the morning and you're like, I don't, I can't get out of bed. Like, this is where I'm at. Mm-hmm. If you just get out of bed, fucking good on you. If you don't get out of bed, that's fine. Lean into it. Lean it's into fine. it. Yeah, don't. Like, that's the thing is I spent so long like beating myself up when I was so depressed. Like yeah. I'd be like, okay, like I'm super depressed. I can't go to work. Um, Now what? But like now I feel like I work somewhere that I could just like text my boss and be like, I'm really not well today. Yeah. And I just need the day to like mm-hmm. do my thing. And there's no pressure. Like, and then I communicate that with you mm-hmm. and like, I still get my shit done. Yeah. It's not like, if anything, super duper, like, I'm sorry. Like, yeah. what's the other option? Like, I'm not here. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like there's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just like, it, it can wait. Like any, everything can everything wait. Everything can wait. Yeah. And I think for a long time, mental health, like it, it's like, it shouldn't be seen. I feel like there's that, yeah. that's that mentality around it. Oh yeah. It's, people still think that like, and, and I'm under the impression I'm, I'm in this new era where I'm like, you know what? I'm going to make people uncomfortable with my feelings because these are my feelings and they're valid. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, Cause like, you're not an asshole about it. No, And that's the thing. I'm like, as long as you're not being an asshole or like using your feelings against someone, your feelings are fucking valid. Absolutely. So like I did it the other day. Yesterday, yeah. literally yesterday. You just vocalized I, how you were feeling. I vocalized to somebody. I was like, I really, I, like, I know we have a choice here um, to do certain things a certain way. But, it, like, this this one really kind of hurt. Mm-hmm. And I know it's insignificant. And I know it wasn't done maliciously. But it still hurt. Yeah. And I didn't like it. And it yeah. made me feel icky. And, like, the person apologized. And I apologized for being overly sensitive um and that was it and Mm -hmm. everything's fine yeah it's tough out there i think it is getting better and i think we talked about that but just know you're not alone yeah you can always slide into our dms we'll pump you up oh yeah Um, oh yeah i totally told um i want to give snaps to dom the realtor yeah our dominique mcintyre from mcintyre what happened um her ass just looks fucking fire (laughs) (laughs) I love it. <laughs> so she posted this really hot, like, gym selfie because she's, been, she's like, been, like, working out. She's been, like, killing it and just, like, just living the best life and, like, just taking advantage of everything. And she posted this selfie and I was like, not to be fucking creepy. Um, and I mean this in the most platonic way, but, like, your ass looks fire. And I think you always have to tell someone when their butt looks good. Yeah. In a not, I'm not doing it in a creepy way. But it's like when someone's like, your butt looks great. I'm like, thank you. Awesome. Yes. Thank you for noticing. Yes. Yes. When you sit on the sex chair. But it- <laughs> <laughs> great chair. Good for my back. The Babies of Quinny podcast is recorded and produced at Starboard Communications, home of 95.5 Hits FM, Cool 100, and inquinty.ca.